who here considers themselves a musician? Not nope. me. Not not in the slightest. I can play two songs on the piano. I literally, literally own a boombox, so I would never have to play actual music. But do you kazoo? That, is that an instrument or a toy? What did that count as? It's an instrument. It's an instrument. Yeah, it is. If a recorder is an instrument, a kazoo is an instrument. Okay, a recorder is barely an instrument. A recorder is a tool to keep children at bay at school and make their parents. You're proud you're of gonna the get us like we're gonna get like threatened by like big recorder man. <laughs> it's got the recorders. There's recorder fans out there. Dude, I was a Japanese school teacher. I know the recorders everywhere. I had kids who were really good at it, and I felt bad because their talents would be better used on any other instrument. Are the songs like? You guys still start with like hot cross buns over there? They have their own versions of hot cross buns, but I've also seen them play country roads. Oh, that's I'd be into that actually. Yeah, no, a lot of the one of the only songs they teach, one of the first songs they teach kids to sing in English is "Country Road." That's incredible. I love it. Yeah, right. So, why are you asking us about an instrument slash toy? Because we have two musically inspired characters that we are going to be talking about. We are going back to the '90s. For the classic platformer game of Banjo-Kazooie. Huh, you know, out of all the platformers, I never played Banjo. Not once. Ever. Honestly, like, I feel like I, one of my friends had it. Shout out to Charlie. But I don't think I've ever actually played it. I know I, know I never owned it. Maybe I played it at his house once or twice. But I... I I vaguely remember parts of it. There's like, aren't there like some pirate dudes at some point or something? At some point, yeah. Is it too late to leave this podcast? I can't be. No, you're not. No, you don't. Don't you stay right there. Casuals. Don, lock the door. Yes, Banjo Kazooie, one of my favorite games of all time. Lots of fond memories. We're gonna get to it. We have a. uh, There's some pretty fun stuff we'll get to uh, in regards to like the animals and relationships and all that. But first, Lucas, do we want to hit some news? Yeah. Speaking about animals and cool stuff. Um. This was there's an amazing animal called the snapping shrimp. I know Don is fully aware of it, but are you familiar with it? Loudest animal in the ocean. It's terrifying. It's so loud it it causes sonar issues in submarines. It's pretty cool. So we've known for years that they are able to use their claws to basically lock it in place and then unlock it at such a force that it makes a snapping sound, which can also, long story short, launch bubbles and hit stuff and hurt them. What we didn't know was that as juveniles, that they are able to fire way faster than their adult counterparts. Apparently, according to one article found in Science News, it was recorded that these things can fire somewhere around 20 times faster than an adult shrimp. Do we think that's because they like are the in the young are just stronger, or is it because they don't know how to like modulate themselves? Kind of like how young snakes uh, tend to like use more venom on bites. So I believe it might have something to do with just the body's overall flexibility. As they're younger, they're a little bit squishier, but they they're still able to create the bubble despite being super small. But it still works, and it, it's the same order of magnitude as a nine millimeter bullet leaving a gun. So these things are still very small, very powerful. But for some reason, it just seems that. The little ones can do it faster, and they don't really have like a concrete evidence for it. I think the study was first to show that they could do it, and now the next study would be finding out how or why. It's because they do all that yoga, increase their flexibility. Really? That's what you took from this? It's it's snap and shrimp, bro. These things literally disrupt sonar and shoot animal. It, a, there's a freaking Pokemon they made after this thing. 
It's awesome. So what else have we got? Do we want to do something specialized in gaming and something truly high up? Or are we just going to do Pokemon again because we love it? I mean, I feel like we had Pokemon Day with some pretty big news because I want to talk about Pokemon Sleep. Okay, first up, before we talk about Pokemon Sleep, if y'all are sick of us hearing Pokemon news, just keep hitting that like little button until we say, okay, time for Banjo. All right, so, okay, now we can go. I want to give them a chance to get out. So, yeah, Pokemon Sleep, it's real! It's alive! <laughs> what, four years? Oh, who's counting? But yes, four years. It, it's amazing. Oh. It seems so basic. I don't know why it took four years. I actually missed the direct and I haven't watched anything about Pokemon Sleep yet. <laughs> okay, so legit, all it is, is that it's a sleep monitor. And as you sleep, Pokemon that match your sleep rhythm. Like, they check and monitor the rhythm of your sleep. And How do they do that? By like cat by listening in on your breathing. Well, do I put to? Am I like attached to my phone? You put it next to you or on your bed, and it just records it for you. Oh, five Gs are gonna get you then. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a weird like. Okay, let's let's not beat around the bush. Data collection, totally a thing a lot of people do. Pokemon does it. Everyone does it. It's a weird kind of data collection to be like, hmm. Yes, we know your interests, your likes, and your sleep cycle. Look, I just want my Snorlax with a little sleepy hat uh, in Pokemon Go. Hey, what's the sleep style designation for someone who wakes up at 3 a.m., eats cheese out of the bag, and just goes back to sleep? That's Patrick Star. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, 3 a.m. I actually thought you were going to make that joke. I thought that's what you were setting up. I'm setting you up, and then you knocked it out of the park. Well done. Oh, no. I mean, it's cool. Uh, yes, we had some new Pokemon announcements and DLC. We knew we were going to get them. We'll talk about them when we get more information. I will point out, though, uh, one of the new characters in the DLC, like a friend brought it up to me of like, one of the characters' main features that, oh, they don't trust out, they don't trust people from other regions. And I'm like, wow, you've added xenophobia into the game, Pokemon. Well done, I think. Maybe we'll, fi we'll find out. <laughs> It is now canon. Yeah, xenophobia is now canon in the Pokemon universe. It's not bad enough that it's in real life, but now you have to put it in the games too. Okay, Pokemon. Okay. I mean, I liked... Okay, I liked one of the new um, Paradox Pokemon they dropped. Which one, actually? I'm curious. I liked the Suicune one. Walking Wake? I liked Walking Wake. You did not like Iron Leaves. Iron Leaves looks literally just... It looks like they didn't do much. And I think that's a problem with a lot of the future Paradox Mons is that like we a lot of some of them are like, oh, no, we just chromed it up. But what if robot? But what if robot? As well as like the naming conventions are dumb. And look, in the future, we'll bring someone along who can talk about like past Paradox nonsense. But like for now, the future ones are weird and it's just kind of lazy. But the fact that you gave everyone a T-Rex dog monster, pretty cool. I'll say I don't I don't hate iron leaves design entirely i do like walking wake more but i think it's kind of like the simplicity of it kind of lends itself to being sort of robot-y uh, maybe viridzian's just weird proportions already but walking wake is sick it's signature water move that's boosted in the sun initially i thought it was gonna be terrible because i was like oh that's anti-synergy because it's a paradox one that likes the sun but it's a water type and they obviously thought of that and made it better with a really useful move like that. And it's got flamethrower and dragon moves. Excellent coverage. The man 
historical team. Oh, I, I'm, I can't wait to use it. I, I'm hoping Series 4 it's allowed. I'm going to use it 100% Torkoal and probably also Pelipper. I'm hoping Series 4 lets me use Hisui Pokemon by that point. I really, really want to use that Fox. Yeah, maybe they'll do home or something. I mean, we've got you saw we have a Decidueye raid now, which means we the other the other one may be coming then. Yes, that'll be. I mean, the other one is um honestly Decidueye fighting grass Decidueye is pretty cool. But no, I think there was a, it was a fine Pokemon day. We got the announcement we thought we would get. We got the DLC announcement. We got the little. Little snippety snips of like Pokemon Sleep, which is finally coming out. Some Pokemon Go stuff. Um, uh, actually, I have to. We have to. I have to talk about Go for a second. What happened? So they. I tell they, you, I found a shiny Spearow. Oh, oh, you showed us. That was awesome. Oh, that's yeah. right. I think I did on the last episode. Yeah, that was literally the last episode. <laughs> Still riding high. Go made a very big mistake that they promptly fixed, but they announced the release of Halucha, and. In the at least in the Go Battle League, Halucha is a massive was a massive uh, meta shakeup because it beat Steels, it beat Grat. Like right now, the main core is Lantern Trevenant Noctowl. People use the little hat Noctowl. They do. It's it's kind of annoying at this point. Is it better or worse? Or is it just no, it's the same. He okay. just has a hat and a bow tie. But it like it was gonna absolutely destroy the meta. But they region locked it to Mexico. So imagine if like they released the Paradox Walking Wake, but only one portion of the world could get it. Yes, I see that how that would be an issue. So they announced it. Everyone was like, what the hell? And then like within hours, they took away its two best moves. They took away wing attack and sky attack from it and it still is pretty solid because fighting uh, flying press is like one of the best moves in the game but it is not what it was yeah i'm sorry to hear that for you i mean halucha is such a cool design to me and it just keeps not working out i like it i love halucha he's He's shiny too oh yeah he's shiny he's sick he's it's cool and so much culture in him but no, I think Pokemon Day went out fine. There's probably other gaming news we could cover, but most Pikmin, of it is... Pikmin 4 release date is in, I think, July. Yes, yes, it is. We'll, we'll keep stating that. Honestly, Pikmin, we're just waiting. We're holding on to it. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Pokemon and gaming news aside, let's jump into the subject matter for this episode. You know, I, before we start, I will let you know, I do have a soft spot for the banjo. I'm not into country or bluegrass that much, but if you play a banjo, I'll sit there for a while. It's a cool it's a cool instrument. I cool. would I would like to learn how to play the banjo. It is so uniquely Americana. Like it is one of those things that like where the hamburger and stuff like that it came from other countries. The banjo is like, yo, this is something that was developed here in the States by like all these different people. It's such a cool instrument. I love it. And now we get to talk about a game with a banjo made in the UK. Oh really? Oh right, right. Rare is a British company, isn't it? Yep. So, uh, the original Banjo-Kazooie came out in 1998, which we are almost 30 years from. Stop saying that. It was developed by Rare. Now, Rare is a highly decorated developer. Uh, Their catalog includes games like Killer Instinct, Donkey Kong Country, Perfect Dark, Conquer, GoldenEye, Jet Force Gemini, Battletoads, which we should do an episode on. 
Yes. Oh, battle Toad. Pro battle Toad. Yo, the battle. Can we talk? When we do it, we got to talk about the Battle Toads like GameStop fight. That was amazing. For all the the youngins out there, their most recent popular game is Sea of Thieves. I heard that was they got some Pirates of the Caribbean DLC at one point. Oh, so. they're still going strong. The that game is still going strong. I mean, I just think it's um, I don't know. There's so many great game series that died off and. Banjo was one of the ones that never made it. I think it's just one of those, like, I don't know. I think Mario 64 was like the ultimate N64 platformer, and a couple of the other ones became like the B tier in comparison. I, d- I disagree because I think Banjo is a better better platformer than Super Mario 64. Please, no one docks oh, us. We're going to get letters. We're going to get we're gonna get killed. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, Chris um, Smith at a 335 Tennessee Way, Oregon. <laughs> banjo banjo kazooie is widely considered one of the best n64 games that was put out it expanded on the success of super mario 64 as a 3d platformer game now platformers are a type a subset of action games that require players to move through environments basically ascending platforms or obstacles you tend to unlock different ways of attaining that as the game progresses and you can go back and access areas that you weren't able to earlier in the game as you become more powerful did you just explain to two people who grew up in the 90s what a platformer was but then i realized there are other people (laughs) we're not just recording us talking to each other lucas there's an end game here right this isn't just for narcissism this is for education Although I feel like if someone who is actively searching out for a uh, video game podcast, they probably know what a platformer is. But you know what? I'm speaking to everyone. Yeah, and it was like very much one of like of that era. I feel like there was a lot of like collectathon style platformers, and they were all pretty sick, honestly. They were all like, man, Super Mario 64 killed it. Let's keep doing that. So for me, like my platforming days were from the PS2 era. So my brother was always Sly Cooper. I was always Ratchet and Clank, and together we both loved Jack and Daxter. So those were our... I was uh, Spyro, Ripto's Rage, and Enter the Dragon for PS1 were my my peak platforming times. If you want some good modern platformers, Celeste is really good, and Guacamelee is really good. Oh, I've heard such good things about Guacamelee. Guacamelee is one of my favorite games. Uh, I've got like a nine-game back catalog right now, but I'm working on it. I'm currently playing back through the Pikmin games. And dude, my back catalog is like 40 games long and three systems deep. I've recently discovered that they have Legends of Dragoon on the PlayStation 5, so I've been going by. Yeah, like they like just did that. Yeah, it just did it, and they've patched up the terrible, horrible things they did to it. Before. We should also play some PS5 sometime. I forget yeah, you have one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right, sorry. Okay, back on, back on topic. So, platformers. The genre was very popular in the 80s and 90s, and it made up almost a third of the video game market. Since then, though, it has drastically shifted to favoring first-person shooter games. Big lo- I mean, they tried bringing Banjo back. Let's be honest, though. Are you talking about no, ukulele? No, I mean, okay, they had ukulele. Ukulele had some issues getting started, but then it turned out okay. But then when they tried bringing Banjo back, I remember this specifically. They tried making him, like, build cars and stuff. And now people are accusing The Legend of Zelda. I remember remake. that one. Yeah. <laughs> They're accusing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel of like stealing the idea of building vehicles from one trailer clip from Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Uh, it, it's weird. But again, it's, um, yeah, it didn't sell too well when they tried bringing Banjo back. It's one of those things where let's examine it from a time capsule perspective. I think 
he can stay either in Smash Brothers or the past. I would honestly really like if um some kind of just classic platformer stuff like that came back. I remember I played the uh, I played I mean for sure nostalgia, but I played the Spyro remasters a while ago, and um I was like wow I really miss this style of game. Or jump on that Ratchet and Clank train because they have all the ones they have the. I actually have Jack and Daxter. One of my roommates who doesn't live with me, uh, me anymore, but he had. I think we were like I think I think they had downloaded like just onto my PlayStation. Like I think Jack one or two of the Jack and Daxters, totally unrelated, but the same style of game that I felt like was a fever dream until my coworker mentioned it. Attack and the Power of Juju. Oh my God, that's got a show on Nickelodeon once. That, I think that was terrible. Yeah, I think the of show was terrible. It was. Yes, it but was. I for I thought I imagined that game for some reason, and now oh. I remember. Now it's like it all just flooded back to me the other day. <laughs> but anyways, Banjo Kazooie was a massive success. Uh, it sold over three million copies, making it one of the best selling N sixty four games. There are reviewers, Lucas, not just me reviewers who said that it surpassed super mario 64 the game was given two direct sequels banjo tooie also a major success also sold over three million games and then as we've already talked about nuts and bolts did not do so well uh i wasn't able to find solid numbers but it did make it as a 360 uh, xbox 360 platinum hit which means that it hit at least 400,000, and we know 140,000 of that came in the United States. I mean, come on. Like, look, I'm a Sony guy, ride or die here. So I'm like, okay, cool. Xbox can have it. Anytime someone says Xbox exclusive, I just look over to like all the PlayStation, like, oh, hi, Spider Man. Hi, Final Fantasy. Like, it's fine. You can have it, but I'm. I'm here. I'm good here. Maybe Xbox could have some if Sony wasn't scared and sued them. Maybe if Microsoft was, you know, less of a punk, it could probably make games that were good enough to compete and trade with. Oh well. Anyway, sorry. Because <laughs> Sony made Spider-Man, not Insomnia Studios. I can't hear you over the sound of Sony money buying Spider-Man before Microsoft could buy more stuff that they didn't make themselves. I right, we're gonna cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the Banjo-Kazooie follows the adventures of the dynamic duo Banjo the Bear and Kazooie the Bird. They live on what is known as Spiral Mountain, which is located on the Isle of Hags. Not a pleasant name. It is not. They live with Banjo's sister, Tootie, a bear, and Bottles the Mole. Now, Gruntilda the Witch is the big bad of the series, and she lives high up on Spiral Mountain and strives to be the most beautiful being on the island. And she kidnaps Tootie to achieve the goal, which sets our duo off on their adventure to collect jigsaw pieces, which I never really understood. But Rhett and Rhett, find the things to make the thing to do the thing. You just had to solve puzzles and save MacGuffins. Tootie. Yeah, you had to get the MacGuffin. The island is a bit of what I would say is an ecological trip because you're a quick stroll from beaches, deserts, snowy mountains, dense forests, swamps, and industrial complexes. So I'm just going to tell you right now, while that sounds weird, there are islands, like, even, like, not, like, massive ones, that have multiple biomes on them, in part because of, like, mountainous regions. So, for example, you can have rain clouds forming in from, like, being fed off by the ocean breeze that form on one side of the island. The clouds don't make it all the way up to the other side, and so one side basically gets showered with rain, thus creating the rainforest of the tropical side. Then on the other side of the mountain on the island, you'll get a deserted, like, you'll get a lot more drier climate. So you can have a few of them, especially if the top of the mountain is high enough. But agreed, if you're on a tiny little isle, 
the chances of that happening are pretty slim. As far as industrial complexes go, I think we've proven we can build an industrial complex anywhere we want. In uh, in Banjo-Tooie, there's a world called Hailfire Peaks. And imagine if you took a mountain and like drew a line down the middle and one half was ice and the other half was lava. That's not how that works but it makes for great level design it does i agree with that I've, there have been plenty of games that have kind of gone and mixed that platforming style so um why why are we bringing up kazooie and banjo are we going to talk about them as actual animals do i get to do something we're going to talk about some animals so let's get to the characters now rare caused a little bit of confusion when they released these animals uh it appears that they tried to create two species not really tied to anything so Kazooie is what is known in the game as a Breagle, and Banjo is known as a Honey Bear. The issue here is that there's an animal called the Kinkajou that is actually called a Honey Bear because it loves to raid beehives. Do you know about Kinkajous, Lucas? Honestly, they are one of those like weird small mammals that I don't really know too much about. Like, there's just so many of them. Like, I I know, I don't know. Whenever I think small mammals like that, it just reminds me more of a sugar glider. I don't know much on them. I know they're they're I know they're a little bit bigger than sugar gliders for sure. Um, or yeah, okay, yeah. So they are related. They're in the same family as like uh like raccoons and like uh coatis and stuff. Okay, and they're just small. I'm trying to think out what their defense would probably be for the bees. I know what an actual bear's defenses are. But... Um, wow, they live up to forty years. Good for them. Just hyper aggression. That's their defense for the bees. Well, that's the thing that that's not gonna cut it. Like obviously, oh, uh, they're the actually mostly uh fruit eaters. Ah. Well, then the whole name is wrong. Hey. It says they use their tongues to slurp honey. They do also like that, though, it seems like. I think that's just a major animal thing. Like, sugar is so hard to come by naturally in the animal kingdom that almost any animal who gets the chance will find a way to eat some of it. It's also called the night ape or night walker. Oh, that's it. Why does this animal have the best names? That name goes kind of hard. Yeah, but then look at it. <laughs> well, Beware, the night walker, Kinkajou. <laughs> I, I don't know what a Kinkajou sounds like, but that's the I, sound that's my a, I, I'm going to guess that's what it. That's the sound it makes. Oh, I think they have very thick fur also, so maybe it's just a uh, hard for bees to get through. Yeah, you just have to give it the right like accent. Beware, the night walker. <laughs> yeah, that's actually interesting because yeah, they are in like the order Carnivora, but 90% of their diet is fruit. That kind of reminds me of pandas. Again, pandas are like in carnivora, but they eat bamboo. Sorry, off track. Off track. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Kinkachus are just better at it because they're like not endangered. Yeah, they're not pandas. Everything is better than a panda at being alive. Everything? I mean, somehow, yes. What about vaquitas and Cuban crocodiles? Okay, the vaquitas people and the Cuban crocodile too smart for its own good. Just saying. Just calling them out there. Calling them like I see them. Well... Dear listeners, as we just went on this rant, I hope you looked up a photo of a kinkajou to see that Banjo looks nothing like this, even if you removed its backpack and blue shorts. Odds are, Banjo draws most of its inspiration from generic brown bears. Brown Is brown bear synonymous with grizzly? Um, not exactly. Isn't it like, uh, Don, you're way better with bear stuff than I am. With, with the brown bears, they're like... There's multiple subspecies, and some of them are called grizzlies, and others are like the Kodiak. Like I thought, I figured. Yeah, yeah. So, so like or Kodiak grizzly. Yeah, so they're 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 it's Ursus arctos is like the species. 
um, which I think means like terrible bear. The inland bears are the grizzlies, which are actually normally smaller than brown bears because coastal bears have more access to like nutrient-dense foods. So grizzlies are actually smaller than brown bears, but they're also the same bear. So I saw that brown bears can push up to 700 pounds and be almost seven feet tall. Yes. They don't mess with bears. Don't mess with bears. They're honestly one of the top like predators in any ecosystem. Like they're, there's, they're apex predators. There's nothing foolish enough to take on a bear once they get large enough. It's just don't, don't even bother. Can't they run like 40 miles an hour? Depends on the bear species, but yeah, they're, they can be pretty fast. And it's not going to be a long distance, but they can still hoof it and chase after what they need. To. They can move for a while. They're, they have Their stamina is like surprisingly good. Really? I Oh, now I'm even more terrified of them. I mean, I don't mean it's not like they're like a wolf and they're not running stuff down long ways, but they're uh, they're faster than you. Yeah, they're they're much faster than you. Luckily, the larger brown bears can't really climb effectively. Black bears can. But um, so trees, I guess, are still an option. But hustle up that tree. Still got to be quick. <laughs> and you have to and you have to know your bears to know that tree is the option. Mm hmm. Just climb all the way up the tree like, I'm safe from the... Bra- oh, that's a black bear. You look up next to you and the bear is just sitting next to you on the branch just waving at you. <laughs> hey. Hi. I'm going to eat you. No, I uh, think black bears are pretty chill. Normally. Do you not know about the fat bear contest? Oh, I fat love bear. Fat, fat bear. Fat bear. <laughs> fat. There was controversy with the fat bear this year. Okay, yeah. For those who don't know, there is an like an Instagram like social media poll by the National Park Service of like, okay, here are all these fat bears. Choose your favorite fat bear. And wasn't there like a bot like voting for one of them automatically? Yeah, someone someone built a bot to st- stuff the ballot boxes. <laughs> I'm just imagining stuffing the ballot boxes for like a bear that's already stuffing itself. There's a there's an irony to it. <laughs> Isn't there there's some champ who just keeps winning though? It's the same bear. He's an absolute unit. What absolute more do you want unit. for him? What's his name? He's got a good name. Uh, let me go look up Fat Bear Champion Fat Bear Seven Forty Seven, aka Bear Force One. Yeah, <laughs> Bear Force One. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great nickname. That's a great. Nickname. Yeah, he won the twenty twenty two estimated one thousand four hundred pound giant absolutely look up a picture of this man look up bear 747 y'all park your cars look at this unit this legend that's why they had to cheat to beat him because you're not beating this no you can't look at him now just imagine this running at the speed of like an interstate at you yeah it's running at the speed of a car going down a standard interstate coming to hunt you i mean down. i think it's more like 35 than like 70 but still yeah, fast I, that's why i said like you know your local interstate not like the highway but you know like the red between the red lights that's about 35 40 but again still i mean not the worst mascot to pick for a video game like it is like if you played banjo and smash brothers and he does a charge attack at you they rigged it so you can't stop it he's gonna mess you up he's gonna he mess just you gonna up. hurt you I mean, you can only do about five times, so there's the stamina loss. But, like, you know, still pretty cool. So, Banjo, despite the confusion with the Kinkajou, is a honey bear. And we know that he absolutely adores honey, as bears do. The uh, While they do eat other things, bears do like to consume honey. Don, as you said, because access to sugar for animals is important. I think Lucas said that part, yeah, but the, the honey and also like the honeycomb itself with the larvae, which are like very protein and fat dense as well. So it's really like a triple threat in terms of delicious bear treat. Calories are important. When you see Winnie the Pooh eating that honey, he's shoving the, the young of the bees into his mouth as well. 
Why did you have to do that to them? Well, wait, oh, oh. Winnie the Pooh is in the public domain. We can do whatever we want with him. Yes, Winnie the Pooh 100% eats bug larva. Every single- I, was- I heard that movie was terrible. I know. I mean, it was. Like, okay, they made a horror movie, like, baking it. Yes, it was terrible. I'm just saying we can talk about Winnie the Pooh and not care about Disney, so long as he's not wearing clothes. Weird to say. But yeah. Naked Winnie the Pooh, fair game. Yeah, I guess, Disney, if you want to be weird about it. I, I will say, I, I had to look it up with like how exactly like bears avoid like being like hurt by the sting. Uh, one thing people for, don't really realize about bees is that when they sting a human being, they're not supposed to die when they sting. What happens is mammal skin or fur is usually so thick when they sting that the stinger gets caught in. And when they try and pull away, it pulls out their inner organs as well. So that's the reason why bees die when they sting us. It's because our skin is just built to kill them. Not on purpose, probably, but it does help. Uh, the way bears avoid being um, stung, I thought they had something in their body, you know, something like a hedgehog to avoid snake skin. No, it's just bears are so large that the amount of venom needed is going to be en- enormous. They're going to need so much venom into their system. They're so large, the venom just can't disperse properly without being diffused throughout the rest of the body. So they would, despite all the stuff I looked up, it's just like, no, I'm just large and have thick fur and skin. I can do whatever I want. There are some animals like the, um, the honey, what is it? The honey buzzard that are just like, again, they're, yeah. yeah, they're basically immune to it and their fur and their feathers makes them like immune to the stings as well. So it's really cool to see that adaptation to go after such a great source of food. And the bear is like, no, I'm just big. I'm just large. I don't need to worry about it. Knowing how big they are, new game, one billion bees or Bear Force One? Oh, no, I, I had to give it to the bees at that point. Like, do you understand how big a billion is? A billion's a lot. A billion's a lot. Like, again, that's not, not... My friend was actually posting me a game of like, all right, choose like two things to protect you, the other things. So I do, and there was like everything from like a hunter to like six grizzly bears to like 10 saltwater crocodile. And then someone posted 10,000 rats. And I'm like, yo, just take the rats. Like there's just some numbers and small things destroy big things. If you ever want to see a principle of that, go ahead and put a bagel next to an ant pile and watch what they do to that bagel. Why would you waste a good bagel? I mean, it was a gluten-free bagel, so it wasn't a good bagel. So going on to our, our other star of the game, Kazooie. Uh, Kazooie is definitely a made-up bird because she is a Breagle from Breagle Beach. Uh, the game says that Banjo found Kazooie in the blue backpack that she lives in, and they've been bonded ever since. Now, Breagles may be fake, but if you visit any beach, you will find plenty of gulls to go around. And gulls are especially smart and have tons of learned behaviors that, that I could, uh, find where they, like, I saw that they could trick worms by simulating rainfall on the ground by tapping it. They drop mollusks onto rocks to crack them open. Uh, they know if they hang around humans, they'll leave delicious French fries behind. If you've ever gone out to like any of the Florida beaches, those gulls, especially in like the Clearwater area, have gotten coordinated. They are really good at what they do. They're running some schemes. <clears throat> yeah, basically. They're although I will tell you, there's no such thing as a seagull. It's technically a gull. Like that's the, that's sorry. It's a dumb. It's kind of like when people are like really upset. Like it's not a starfish. It's a sea star. It's like one of those. Yes, we all know. We know you're smart. It's fine. But what like, do you if, what do you call gulls in Tampa? Bay gulls. Yeah. It's Tampa. Yeah. I taught you that joke. I taught you that joke. But I mean, gulls do typically also thrive from stealing from other animals. That's um. Not just humans. 
Uh, no. Um, if you ever get the chance to uh, take a look at it. Uh, Don, you've been on a fair bit of fishing, so you've watched the gulls take on the pelicans. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll absolutely, like, they'll try to pull uh, fish out of their beaks. They'll, um, like, land on them and try to force them off of, like, the best spots. They, uh, they're, they'll definitely just get after it. Yeah, even a pelican, like, I've seen them stand on the head, and the pelican's basically, like, it can't breathe because its head's underwater. So it either yeah. has to let go of the fish or drown. And that's pretty terrifying. So they give pelicans swirlies? Pretty much. Like, it's just like, give me the fish. It's, just, it's awful. Gulls are really good at what they do. I mean, I will point out as well, like, with, so I know enough about Banjo and Kazooie to see that, okay, this bear is using this bird. Um, how exactly, like, what, what, what do they, what do they get out of this relationship? Yeah, because this is a symbiotic relationship. Now, whenever people say symbiosis, they think, okay, that means they work together. Symbiosis can be broken down into several categories. It's basically when two organisms live in close physical association, not cooperation, association, which means you might not always get the best deal out of it. So, for example, the now I'm going to quiz you, Chris. You let me know which one of these sounds the most accurate. So, first off, we have mutualism. Everybody gets something positive. Like oxpecker birds will pick off the rhino's back. They get a free meal. The rhino gets a cleaning. Same thing goes for the tarantula that keeps a pet frog around. The frog eats the ants around it, and then the tarantula keeps the frog safe. I think there's, like, bears have some kind of, like, mite or something that, like, is a mutualistic relationship, too, because it, like, eats, like, flakes off their fur stuff. Yeah, there's a few of those. I was going to bring up, since we mentioned the Pokemon earlier, um, there's an interesting mutualism that's a clot. Well, we have clots here, but we don't have a goby. But in real life, there's a species of pistol shrimp that will partner up with the Watchman goby, um, which is kind of a small fish without a lot of defenses, but has very good eyesight. And the pistol shrimp has very poor eyesight, but it can dig holes and has a gun for a hand. So um, the goby will live with the pistol shrimp, and they'll actually share a burrow. And the goby, living up to the watchman name, will kind of hang out at the front of the burrow, looking out for threats, so the pistol shrimp can come out and look for food. And if the goby sees a threat, it, like, bumps up against the pistol shrimp, and then they both back down the hole with the pistol shrimp, like, ready to start blasting. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I did get to see one of those. I saw, uh, when I was in Japan, I went to a small aquarium, and they had a watcher goby with a pistol shrimp living together. Yeah, it's actually um, it's it's a really cool interaction, and they're both actually pretty easy to care for um, in captivity as well. It's it's actually a, a thing you can you can set up in a home aquarium fairly easily. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's such a fun combination. But yeah, everyone gets a little bit of something. Now, does this sound like mutualism so far? Like so far, are we think in mutualism with banjo and kazoo yeah, from you. I think so. Okay, so here's the next one: commensalism. Somebody gets something, but the other person gets nothing. Think uh, a, a single barnacle, like a, bu- a couple of barnacles on a whale's back. The whale's not getting much, but the barnacles are getting a ride. They're getting the ability to filter. They're getting a lot of things here and there. Some could even argue that the remora can function in commensalism. In, in commensalism. The shark's not getting much from these little sucker fish hanging on to them, but these fish are getting a free ride and they're getting to feed off their leftovers. So... There, there can be that relationship of like somebody gets something, the other person doesn't get anything negative, but you know they're good to go. Uh, I mean, that that that's doing it now, for someone, you. Someone, someone, you could make that argument. I wouldn't agree with it. Okay, because I all right. This next one, 
I might have some arguments for this one. Parasitism. Someone benefits at the expense of the other. Uh, humans and tapeworms. Or just mosquitoes in general. Like these guys, everyone can think of a parasite. And you all know what I'm talking about with the parasite. Now, here's my thinking. I mean, Banjo gets to keep this bird in its backpack. Gets to pull it out and whip it like a gun, shooting eggs out of its throat. Don't know how that works, but fine. Uh, it starts using it as a weapon, beating the snot out of things. That thing is definitely concussed. Bird bones are fragile at the best of times. I don't know. This thing is being used as a weapon. It's almost like, I don't know. It's kind of like if a, a parasite decided to take another animal and use it as their own means of defense or weapon. Like, I can see it, how you would think that having not played the game. I mean, I'm just looking at it from playing Smash Brothers. That bird takes a lot of abuse. So, in the games, Banjo is very strong. And so, it's very clear how Kazooie benefits from the relationship. Because Banjo is very strong. Um, he's, you know, good defenses. And he's a big bear. Kazooie is kind of lanky and frail. And so, Banjo is a good defense for her. On the flip side... Banjo is super easygoing and also not very bright uh, and can get taken advantage of. And Kazooie is sharp as attack and whips out jokes, gets sassy with people and keeps people from taking advantage of Banjo and his goodwill nature. Okay. So wait, 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 the bird can talk. Oh yeah. They all, t- all the characters talk. Okay. Cause every time I've watched Banjo, just, I just hear the phrase. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry. Yeah. No, they, they, they granted the, the talking is like, and then, oh, okay. So it's like Animal Crossing. It's talk. like that with subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They subtitle it, but they, but Kazooie basically, like the way I see it, Kazooie helps Banjo from being taken advantage of. Okay, I mean, I don't know. That kind of reminds me of the relate. There's a really cool relationship between uh, Grouper and Moray Eels. That that kind of reminds me of where one is a lot more nimble and the other one's a lot bigger and tougher. Where the nimble one, the eel will wiggle into the corals and the rock faces to chase out fish and catch some of its own. And anything that tries that can sneak away, the grouper can get itself. So there is that. I mean, there's definitely those relationships in nature. I don't know. I feel like bears at some point would have had a mutualistic relationship with some kind of bird. I was saying, I, th- I think there's a little bit of that with um, like some jays and some corvids. Like I um, sort of like pointing bears towards carrion in like uh, Alaska and stuff like that. Um, so that bears can kind of crack in the like through the tougher parts, and then it's easier food for them. I mean, that makes more sense. I mean, I I mean, the corvids would definitely. I don't know. Would that be just? Um, I guess that would be a form of mutualism because I mean, the bear is kind of being used as a tool for this method. Like, yeah, but the bear gets to find the food. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like using a rock to smash an urchin, but the rock also gets to eat some of the urchin. I guess. I was gonna say, how many bears do you know that can fly? I mean, how big a catapult you got? I mean, cocaine bear was pretty high. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Bear Force 1, but Don went there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, look, bears have been used in combat before. I'm just saying it wouldn't be too out of the ordinary. Has there been an animal that hasn't been used by a human in combat? Sloths. I, d- I doubt that. No, I think he's got you there. I mean, we're no, gonna... there's got to be something more useless because I guess you could like throw it at people. I mean, tardigrade. <laughs> tardigrade. Yeah, yeah, that's cheating, though. If you pick yeah, like that. these microorganisms. Hang on, no, we're not ending this episode until I think of one useless animal. Y'all are gonna sit there and listen. Let's see. Mm. Has anyone used penguins? 
I feel like they might have tried. But I feel like where where would you get them? Okay, okay, yo, but like in that Batman movie, the penguins had rockets strapped to their back. Okay, fair Batman enough. All right, okay, let's let's continue for now. We'll we'll look into this later. <laughs> I I did, I googled have penguins been used in war, and I have the Norwegian Kingsguard, a king, <laughs> a king penguin who resides in the Edinburgh Zoo. Just that's. Can we wrap up now? I'm done. I I. I no. Why does Norway have a penguin in the military? <laughs> because, uh, why are we back to like, what is with Europe and giving weird animals titles and jobs and presents? It's in 1982, Europe- the penguin was also given the title of Lance Corporal and made the mascot of the guard. Good for him. How messed up must it be if you're a soldier who's worked hard his whole life to get a promotion and they just give it to a bird? I think it's purely uh, ornamental. I don't know. You tell that to uh, you tell that to the private over there who's just trying to do push-ups to get by, and then he just goes to the zoo and just like stares at the penguin with the medal he deserved. It just reminds me of that uh, Parks and Rec episode where they do the Model UN, and Andy keeps trading all of Norway's resources or Finland's resources for lions, <laughs> <laughs> and he just creates a lion army. Oh God! So okay, Banjo Kazooie definitely had some merit. I and it is widely accept- accessible to everyone today as long as you have Xbox Game Pass. Mm. Because that's one thing PlayStation doesn't have. Yeah, I will give you that. The Xbox Game Pass is superior to whatever PlayStation has to get those games out. The Game Pass is a phenomenal system, and I wish more people copied it because it really does work, and they do a great job in getting those exclusives out there. They do. I'm... I could not gush enough about how good Game Pass is because maybe Sony or Nintendo would listen. But they won't. So I'll just get angry. Ah. But no, I, I do think that this is a game worth remembering. And again, for our younger listeners, I think it's cool to kind of see some of these games that came back from because it, you might find something you might have never gotten to play. Will the graphics be as crisp? No. Will there be multiplayer? Maybe not. But there's if there still- is, it's six split screen, honestly. Yeah, go load up some GoldenEye slappers only. Oh, Lord in heaven. Oh, God. I mean, like, yo, load up some Halo. Load up some classic Halo. None of this new crap that took like a year and couldn't even get the whole game together. Put up some Halo 2. Get out with your boys. Ride a Roadhog. I don't even play Xbox. I will play Halo any day of the week. That game is a classic. We used to, when we used to play Halo in the pre-Xbox Live days, we were hooking ours up to our computer modem to connect to some random server in some dude's basement. Yo, we're going to need to do a Halo episode at some point, aren't we? Probably. We should. Yeah. Halo is like, I mean, that music alone. Uh, so on that note, Chris, thank you for bringing us this episode. I really do appreciate it. I like learning about this stuff. I love Banjo-Kazooie, so I will talk all about it. One day I will appreciate Nuts and Bolts, but that day is not today. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone should. I mean, look, I give credit where credit is due, but don't harp praise on like someone who doesn't deserve it. It's why while I still play Cyberpunk, I still do not praise Cyberpunk. I don't deserve it. <laughs> All right, so I want to thank you guys so much for listening to our, I'll be honest, slightly derailed conversation, but we do appreciate you guys listening to us about this stuff. We want you guys to learn more, and hopefully you learned a bit about bears and symbiotic relationships and my my various displeasures at Xbox, except for the Game Pass, I guess. Uh, On that note, if you are liking and enjoying the show, as always, please leave a review in your podcasting app of choice. It helps people find the show as we are still new and growing and wanting to expand the audience. Uh, 
All of our social media info is in the show notes. Please give us a follow. Reach out to us on some topics that you might want to hear us talk about. We love hearing suggestions from the audience. I mean, it really does help when you guys share this stuff. You guys already did a great job. Like in our first week, we had like, I know it sounds like really low, but like 70 listens. When you're a new podcast, you're like lucky you're getting seven. And so it means a lot that you guys would come out and listen to us. We know that some of you know us, some of you don't. And that it means the world to us that you want to listen to our podcast. There's a lot out there. You could have been learning how to bake bread. But on that note, thank you so much, guys. We'll have another episode coming up. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Oh, and if you see us at Charlotte Pokemon Regionals, say hi. Have a great rest of your night, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.